Thanks for being with us. Got the Drive Guys here. King Suns tonight on the chat. We got Kyle Draper in Phoenix and Kyle on the chat. The end wants to know if we can get G-Man on the show. You know, we probably can get G-Man, but we'll probably wait till the next time we're at the arena, which is a while now because we got the break. Because he's always, you know, I always feel like we're bothering him. He always has to yeah, come over busy. to where we are. Yeah, he yeah, has he to come over. To he sets up his area and he brings the, you know, his water. And then we're, hey, will you come on the show? And he, every time we ask him, he will. <laughs> but sometimes we just try not to be pests. But I think next time uh, we have the chance, we'll have to ask the G-Man. And speaking of guests, all guests come to you from the Folsom Lake Honda Hotline. Folsom Lake Honda, your one-stop Honda shop. And bottom of the hour, we have the voice of the Phoenix Suns, Kevin Ray. He's going to join us, TV voice of the Suns here on Sackdown Sports. Drapes, yesterday I ran down for you a list of players who either are or who are probably going to be available in the buyout market. You were not impressed, right? Correct. I was not impressed. Well, we actually have to cross at least one name off the list because somebody else was interested. Maybe you weren't, but here's the list. Davis Bertan, Seth, and again, I'll give you the chance if you've changed your mind on anybody. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Davis Bertan, Seth Curry, Evan Fournier, Danilo Gallinari, Joe Harris, Killian Hayes, Corey Joseph, Furkan Korkmaz, Marcus Morris, Thaddeus Young. Okay, so yesterday, Kossack, eh. Nah. Uh, the Suns, uh, looks like they are, have signed Thaddeus Young, who's 35. Uh, he's um, was about 6'8", power forward. So they're going to bring him in, and there are reports that they're also talking to Danilo Gallinari. Gallinari. Yeah. yeah. So I'll cross him off the list. Yeah, cross him off. Dude, you know how – I don't know if you can see on YouTube right here what yeah. I got in my hands. Right? Yeah. You see what that is, right? Uh, I will see it in a few seconds. Is it a little behind? All yeah. Right. It's a box score. Oh, yes. That, okay. That, yeah. You know what I do with box scores. <laughs> well, do the same thing with your free agent list, buyout market list. Dude, none of those guys – like. Uh, and what's Phoenix doing? They just sign an old dude after old dude. Go out there and get Thaddeus Young, who's like 60. He's Gallinari actually, just yeah. uh, got a, you know, AARP membership at 65 <laughs> or whatever it is. Like, those guys don't interest me at all. Not one bit. Not one iota. I, and I like Thaddeus Young. And I actually like Gallinari as players, but not for the Sacramento Kings. Uh-huh. Is, is Thaddeus Young your guy? He is my guy. He used okay. to play in Philadelphia. So okay. My All guy. right. That's like, your guy. Yeah, that's my guy, you know. And Danilo <laughs> Gallinari was a Celtic all last year, didn't play. But, no, those guys, good players, you know, solid. But, you know, to me, Thaddeus Young would be behind Trey Lyles. Yeah. Like, we already got Trey Lyles. We don't need Thaddeus Young, you know. And so I don't see the help out there on the buyout market at all, out of all those guys you listed. Okay, um, and I understand that, and I respect yeah. that. And we all know that you clearly know what you're talking about. Exactly. However, you've got actual NBA teams that are saying, yeah, uh, Phoenix uh, in on Thaddeus Young, and Gallinari will see. But I also read today, and it's not official yet, but Minnesota, another team that's ahead of the Kings, if I'm not mistaken, they have been talking to Marcus Morris. So if you've got these teams that are ahead of the Kings and they're interested in names on this list... How come the kids aren't interested? How come Kyle Draper's not interested? Because, you know, those teams, their window and their sense of urgency is greater than what the Sacramento Kings is. And I actually, now, 
I'm going to keep it real with you. Okay. Marcus Morris is my guy. All right. That Philadelphia (laughs) played in Boston. Him and I, and I've told the Marcus Morris story on this show, but he's my guy. But with that being said, I actually wouldn't mind him per se because he's an offensive scoring option that could help you off the bench. And he has that edge that you like too, if I'm not mistaken. He has the edge, can shoot the three, got a mid-range game. You know, I like Marcus Morris. I would not mind that as a backup three, especially with the news that Sasha is out four to six weeks. And so, to me, Marcus Morris would fit in more than, let's say, a Thaddeus Young. Thad's not a, a necessarily a shooter. Right. Uh, Gallinari, to me, at this age, his injury history, sort of a one-trick uh, pony at this point. But Marcus Morris Sr., that edge, he's not afraid hmm. to mix it up. I, I would not be opposed to having him in Sacramento. Okay. That's interesting to note. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I think the answer is, and Brendan addressed this, and by the way, somebody on the chat said, well, Brendan Nunes is always the voice of reason when he comes on this show. Uh-huh. I mean, what? He's like 14 years old. I, know. How, you know? <laughs> I mean, he's a great kid and everything, but come on. Uh, but as he said, kind of what you just said, in terms of being in your 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 arc, your competitive arc as a team, these teams, Phoenix is like, well, we got our guys. Let's. Is there anything else we can add around the edges? And for the Kings, it's like, we're not sure we have our guys yet. We're not that far along. If we have to give up something that we can use later on to bring in somebody who might yeah. improve us in the short term, Big picture's not worth it. I think that's the thinking. Right. You know how it is. As a fan, it's like, I know, but you get impatient, and it's hard to understand. No, you're, you're right. Because as fans, you know, we're fanatics. You know, we're fanatical yes. about it. We want yes. it now, especially in this microwave society. And so this, to me, this trade deadline, this buyout market, this, to me, is a clear indication Monty and the Kings are playing the long game. Like, there's no sense of urgency to get it done right now. We're not going to mortgage the future or, like Monty said, do something now that could cost us next year and going forward. And so, as Kings fans, we got to accept that right now. You know, like, this is part of a a five-year plan, if you will, uh, for Monty. You know, you go out there and get Domas. You draft Keegan. uh, and, And so, it's a slow build. You know, we always like to talk about Denver and what they were able to do. It didn't happen overnight with them. But I will say what Denver did do is they strategically added pieces to their core, and then finally it all came together. Where's the strategic pieces that Monty McNair has added over the last year for this Kings core? Mm -hmm. We really haven't seen it right uh, right now. And so I understand if Kings fans, their patience is getting a little tested right now. I just urge them – Wait until the offseason. Let's see what Monty has up his sleeve in the offseason. Fair enough. As Monty told Sam Amick, as Sam Amick wrote, uh, the Kings' ability to upgrade in a major way, if this current group wasn't getting the job done, that's a major part of their plan, big picture. So it's like, see what we can do with this group. But according to Sam Amick, the plan, the Kings' plan is, if it's apparent this group ain't getting it done, we're looking at potential major upgrades, you know, but again, you're limited here by so many things here. Right, right. What does that mean, right? Major, I mean. Who's available, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and what would you have to give up to get those major upgrades? You Mm -hmm. know, are we talking by way of trade? Are we talking free agent signing? 
I think we all agree there needs to be some upgrades. I go back to what I said last week, and I've been saying for a month now, Whitey, the kind of upgrades we need depends on Keegan Murray and who he is and who he can become and what they think he can become. You know, I hear major upgrades. I think Siakam. I think, you know, back when he was healthy, Levine, like big names, somebody like that. But if Keegan Murray it can become that big name, you don't need to make major upgrades. I think it really depends on how Keegan develops the rest of this year in this offseason. Did you see a report that somebody was believed to be close on Kuzma? Somebody was serious about it, and it's believed that it was the Mavericks. Thank goodness that it wasn't. <laughs> Thank goodness. That sounds like their kind of player. Yeah. That sounds like their kind of move. Uh-huh. I will yeah. say this, though, and I know we talked about it last week. And I think you were more impressed by their moves, and I, I was not. But so far, it looks like those moves have worked out for them. They're playing well. No, they're playing well. And a, a guy we talked about, Daniel Gafford, yeah, is amazing. He provides a toughness, an energy around the rim, a rebounder. I mean, I like Daniel Gafford a lot. And, you know, it's worked out. And you know who else, too? It's worked out for the Charlotte Hornets. Yeah, my boy Grant Williams, yeah. 2-0 as a member of the Charlotte Hornets. How about that? They won back-to-back games for the first time since November 2022. That's incredible. That's incredible. <laughs> Think about two games in a row for the first yeah. time since November 2022. That's you, crazy. That's one of those franchises that, at least here in Sacramento, you don't meet fans of the Charlotte Hornets. You right, know, like right, you meet right. football teams, every team – for the most part, has fans. Yeah. And a lot of baseball teams have fans, but you never run into anybody. Hey, who's your team? Charlotte Hornets. Like, that person is just they're very, very rare. Right. Maybe back in the <laughs> 90s, you know, late yeah. 90s, early yeah. 2000s, you had some Larry Johnson jersey yeah. that would show up in the building, Alonzo Mourning, somebody like that. Uh-huh. But, uh, no, <laughs> who's the last Hornet? But did you see LaMelo Ball was actually top 15 in jersey sales? Like, who's buying that? Like, I, I just don't get that. Like, well, I think it's he's got so many brothers if they all buy one. <laughs> right? It's like, whoa. Hey, you know his dad then bought like a yeah. million of them just yeah. to uh, yeah. hype up his son. That's funny. I wish he was on TV more. He's amazing. He, he is amazing. Hey, I, I want to uh, let you know real quick here, uh, the injury report. Chris Duarte available tonight. Oh. But Trey Lyles is questionable with an illness. Oh, and the no. team held practice. Trey did not practice yesterday, so he's been dealing with an illness. And so that could be a big loss tonight. That's unfortunate. Yeah, thanks for that update. Yeah. Uh, when we come right back, yeah, we'll look at the Warriors and how Draymond Green says he he may have saved their season with that suspension next year. Drive Guys, Sackdown Sports. Coming up, bottom of the hour, Kevin Ray from the Phoenix Suns. I got to say, Drapes, I Kevin Ray's phenomenal, very talented, a I'm looking here, uh, you know, just doing a little background here on X. He's got like 5,200 followers. Is that, am I, am I, does he not tweet? Am I looking at the wrong thing? I mean, this guy's, this guy's pretty big time. TV voice, yeah. Phoenix Suns, Dallas Cowboys, national radio, play by play. Uh, maybe he just doesn't spend a lot of time on social media. Yeah, maybe not a, uh, uh-huh. a big Twitter guy. You yeah. know, that's interesting. You guys talking about Kevin Ray? Yeah. Yeah. Kevin does it all, but right. I, I thought he'd uh, Cowboys, had more of a following. Yeah. yeah, 
Yeah, that, that's our guy Walt. Uh, oh, hey Walt, right yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, what, what were you wondering who that was? <laughs> I was like, what? Like, what? <laughs> the voice of God or something like yeah. that coming down? <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, so we got him uh, coming up bottom Let of the me hour. Look at Kevin Ray. Hold yeah. on here. We yeah. we gonna? No, I mean he got rate. What? Does he have a radio show or no? Yeah, no, and I'm not a, criticizing no, him. I don't just, care. It just surprised me. No, he tweets though. He's out uh-huh. there. Uh huh. All right. Well, you know how these Phoenix fans are, though. They, uh, no, I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> Walt over here about to knock me across the head. <laughs> I'm not going to say nothing bad about Arizona fans, man. I'm good. As we look ahead to the rest of the season and we look around at the rest of the Western Conference stripes, it's pretty clear, is it not, that the Warriors are not dead. There may be yeah. some of us who thought, oh, they're dead. I don't think they're dead. As much as we may wish it, they're not dead. No, not at all. They, they won their last five games, and, and they seem to have found something. And it is Clay Thompson's not the number two player, the number three, number four. Like, Clay Thompson is a glorified role player at this point, and they've unlocked and unleashed uh, Jonathan Kaminga. And that's been, I think, the difference that you've seen in this Warriors team. And I think the big key to everything you just said is the fact that it appears Clay is like, yeah, that's what I am now. And he's not resisting it anymore. He's not like, I'm Clay Thompson. I'm still Clay Thompson. He's like understanding his role and his limitations. I know he had a big game last night against Utah. So you know how it is with players when you have to make that very difficult adjustment. Yeah. Nobody can make it for you until you're at peace with it. And maybe that's probably is one of the reasons why they're they're playing better. But maybe this is the reason they're playing better. This is the only reason. Draymond Green. <laughs> Speaking to reporters last night, honestly, I think me getting suspended helped in a weird way uh, because, number one, since I got suspended, J.K. has taken off, and that has kind of set the stage for the team. Bonafide number two option on our team. So now you're going to be able to figure out different things. You, you, he's a go-to on, on offense. Doesn't uh, look how it used to look. We got different things that uh, we're going to. And he says, I, you know, I, I didn't want to get suspended or anything, but uh, it's going to help the team. You buying any of that? Are you buying any of that? Um, I don't want to, but I am going to buy it. But I'm not going to give Draymond credit for it, though. (laughs) Like, it's true. Him being out helped the team. Kaminga has asserted himself. And to me, what that tells me, Whitey, is this. And Draymond looks at it as a badge of honor. I look at it as you were holding back Jonathan Kaminga. You were stunning. You were stunning his development. It took you leaving and getting suspended for the best of the Warriors to come out. And now it's all worked out now. Uh Things are good. But how come Jonathan Kaminga couldn't be this guy with you there before you got ousted? And so that would be the question I would have for Draymond Green. Mm -hmm. Sure, things changed once you got suspended, came back. Kaminga's playing great now. But how come this couldn't happen before you got suspended? It's a great question. You know who's not playing hardly at all for the Warriors now? Uh, is the guy that dominated Domas last year, <laughs> right? You said dominated Domas. Well, at times he did. In some ways he did. I think that's fair to say. And right now, Kevon Looney's like, mm, you know, and I think it's because they start Draymond. Yeah. And, and then so it, it's hard you for them. You can't have two off- yeah. offensively challenged guys out there. Exactly. Exactly. And then Kuminga has found it by whatever means they gave him a chance yeah. they figured out more what he is and they really rely on him now Wiggins is chipped in so um yeah I thought maybe they were done and I thought the Kings missed an opportunity last year in that playoff series to be the the hand that finished them off but it looks right. like they're 
they're going to be around for a while. Yeah, they're, they're going to be a tough out. You know, I, I don't think they can, uh, you know, make any real noise. But I would, I, if I'm Sacramento, I would not want to play them in the first round or in a playing tournament. You know, just mm-hmm. because of the Steph Curry factor. I mean, Steph can go off and 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 Kaminga, the way he's playing, Whitey. Over his last 14 games, averaging 23 points per game, shooting 58% from the field. Like, he's an athletic, energetic player who's getting to the basket, getting to the line as well. And so he's a dimension. And we saw it, I think it was the preseason. He owned us in the preseason, Mm -hmm. you know, that game at Golden 1 Center. And so he's a tough matchup. Uh, I think the Warriors, their last chance, their last dance is over. But they're going to cause fits to some team. Like, if you're Oklahoma City and you got to face the Warriors in the first round, I keep bringing up OKC because they're young, they're inexperienced. Like, that would be a tough matchup for them. Mm -hmm. I think um, uh, Minnesota could beat them. I think Denver. I think the Clippers. uh, But outside of that, you know, I think Phoenix could beat them as well. But outside of that, it would be a tough matchup uh, for Golden State. Yeah, the thing about Kuminga – I can't think of too many players, if any, who just move the way he does. Getting yeah. to watch him so much when he was, you know, yeah. rookie and just like running from one end of the court to the other, he would kind of catch your eye. Like, I don't know, there's something different about that guy, just the way he moves. He yeah. doesn't really play warrior style basketball. And right. I think that's one of the biggest reasons that it took him so long to fit in and it took them so long to figure out how to get him to fit in. But, you know, desperate situations call for desperate measures. He could play. He can score. They needed that. So here they are. I thought you made a great point earlier when we were talking about the potential play-in teams. And we don't know how it's going to look yet. But you said, look, right now, if it, if the play-in were now, you'd have Dallas, the Lakers, and the Warriors in the play-in. So you'd have, like, right. Luka and LeBron and Steph Curry in the play-in. Right. So that's <laughs> tough to be, that's you know, tough. and only two teams get out of that. Right now, the Kings would be one of those teams in there. They would yeah. play Dallas, and the Lakers would play the Warriors. And, uh, boy, you, you want to avoid that if you can, Kyle. Yeah. Because those are are one-and-done situations, you know. If you're at a seventh AC, you could lose and then find your way back in, sort of like Miami did last year. But a winner-take-all one game, I would not want to have to deal with any of those guys because they're all-time great players. As much as we hate on Luka, it would it would not surprise me in a game like that if Luka could go off for 50 or something like mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. LeBron could deliver a 38, Ugh. 14, and 10 kind of game. Steph, we've seen drop 50. And so, no, you're right. And that's why these games, especially tonight and tomorrow and going forward, a top six seed is paramount for the Sacramento Kings. And the team I'm looking at that we can catch is the team we haven't beaten all season long. The New Orleans Pelicans. Mm. I'm still not buying into New Orleans as a top five, top six team. I think Phoenix is hitting their stride right now. I think they're going to be good to go. I think they'll be a top five, six team. But it's going to come down to Sacramento and New Orleans, I think, for that final uh, six spot. Speaking of the importance of these games, I know that a lot of people, and I think you were among them, were a lot of people were not comfortable when after the Detroit game, you had De'Aaron Fox saying basically – there's a lot of these games, and you don't win them all. And so it was really interesting to me that after they beat Denver on Friday, Kevin Herter was talking to Gary Gerald, mm-hmm. and Kevin Herter said, I'm paraphrasing, but as close as I can remember, he said, it doesn't play well publicly, but we know that, you know, because the question was, how did you bounce back from Detroit? Yeah. He says, I know it doesn't play well publicly, but we know that, you know, those things happen, and you have a, it's a long season. 
And I just I I I hope they realize you just can't afford to kick any more games the rest of the right, year. Right. It, it, it's that sense of urgency, right? Yeah. That, that we we and in the whole scheme of things, they are right. It's one of eighty two, but as you get closer, yeah. this isn't October. This isn't November. This is more than half the season where you've had this issue. Yeah. And so we've talked all season about it. We talked about it last year. At the end of the year, are we going to look back at the Charlotte game? Are we going to look back at the Portland game, especially in a tight West, and say there's a reason why we're in the play-in because we didn't take care of business? And so I, I wish we had – who's the player, if you will, that after a loss like we saw last week to Detroit, that's going to come out and say it's unacceptable. I heard Mike Brown say it. We heard Dre Triano come on our show, the drive guys, and say it's unacceptable. But where's that sense of urgency, not just from the players, Whitey, Mm -hmm. where's that sense of urgency from a player? Just give me one guy that says, you know what? We can't let this happen again. Yes. That's, yes. that's what we're looking for. We don't need uh, all 12, 15, 17 guys to say, you know, this on Just give me one guy Yeah, that, that's angry, frustrated. We've seen Malik do it a little bit, Domas doing a little bit. But, man, I, I, I wish, you know, it, that, that sense of urgency was more outward so that the fans could see it as well. They better bring it tonight against the Suns, and we will urgently bring you Kevin Ray, the TV voice of the Suns, when we come right back. Drive Guys, Sacktown Sports. Drive Guys with you. Whitey here in Sacramento. Kyle Draper's in Phoenix, where the Kings are taking on the Suns tonight. Remember what happened last time the Kings visited the Suns? I'm sure our next guest does. He's a TV voice of the Phoenix Suns. He also does some things for the Dallas Cowboys, but uh, we don't need to get into that. Uh, Kevin Ray, nice enough to join us. How are you today, Kevin? I'm doing great, but how are we doing? Yeah, we, we appreciate your time. Just uh, can you tell us here, obviously, a lot of moving parts for the Suns in the last year or so as they've got to know each other and grown mm-hmm. as a team. How much better are they right now than they were at the beginning of this season? Oh, I mean, exponentially, just for the sheer fact that, you know, Bradley Beal, uh, you know, did not was not able to start the season with them. Um, I mean, it was really, we were 45, 45 plus days into the season, you know, before we started seeing any potential traction. Um, and he came back and had the ankle roll. And so, you know, there were a lot of hiccups for the first two, two and a half months of the season. So, you know, 17 games under their belt together, and um, you know you're seeing seeing a lot of a lot of positive signs as a result. Yeah, no doubt about it, Kevin. It's Kyle Draper here, man. Thanks for jumping on the drive, guys. You know, when, when I look at this Suns team, especially towards the beginning of the season, everybody said, "Well, they need a point guard. They they, they don't have a traditional point guard. The, the lack of point guard is going to hurt them." How do you feel like they've handled not having that so-called traditional point guard? And do they need one? Yeah, I, I think they've handled it well for the most part. Um, you know, I, I, I do feel like there are times. Honeylicious really taste, this... so a cold. Sorry, go ahead, Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> our, our mistake. So, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, when, when you look at the turnover situation, it's an area that becomes easy to target, you know, oh, this is why all the turnovers are happening at times with this team. But, you know, I think what we've seen Frank Vogel do over the last uh, eight, ten games, he has put the ball more in the hands of Bradley Beal 
and at least initiating the offense. Um, and look, you, you could look around the league and, and, you know, another team just up the road from you guys, the Golden State Warriors. I mean, they haven't had a, quote, true point guard in how long? Um, now, mm-hmm. granted, they've got Chris Paul and will be coming back from injury. Chris is coming off the bench. But, I, you know, I think that when you look at I – mean, you talk about positionless basketball, uh, there's, there's no reason, I think, in today's game that you absolutely have to have a true point guard. Kevin Ray is with us, TV voice of the Suns. He does Suns games on TV with, of course, uh, original Sacramento King, the great uh, Eddie Johnson. Kevin, what have your impressions been of um, the Kings in the last year or so as they've improved? Obviously, the last game out was an unforgettable game. Uh, We're not too happy to remember it here, but what do you think of the job Mike Brown has done with the Sacramento Kings? Yeah, well, first and foremost, I'm a big Mike Brown fan. Um, And so when when they hired him, I felt like in many ways, you know, that, and you guys know this because you've had a front row seat, just like the Suns had for a while. You know, they were misfiring, uh, not just on players, but on coaches. And I thought for the first time in a while, the Kings really got it right in hiring Mike Brown. Um, yeah, look, it, it is one of the most explosive teams in the NBA. If you were looking for, you know, bang for your buck, you're going to get it every night that you're in box and that crew steps on the floor. Uh, DeMontis Sabonis, I've always loved his game. Just goes back to... You know, being an old school guy and watching his father play. So there, there is plenty of pieces there to this Kings team and, you know, great depth. And right now, I think for them, it's just a matter of trying to get better uh, defensively because, as we know, you know, in the playoffs, you, you, while offense is great, you've got to be able to generate some stops. And I think that's their next step. Kevin Ray, voice of the. Phoenix Suns joining us here on Sacktown Sports 1140. You know, Kevin, when you look at this Suns team, they made some acquisitions, uh, obviously going out there and uh, getting Royce going out there, uh, Thaddeus Young. But I come back to to the big three and what they have. And one of the players I think, which is crazy to say, might be underrated is Devin Booker. And here's why. Hear me out, Kevin. We know he's a lethal guy offensively. But what have you seen from him defensively recently I feel like he stepped that up well uh, yeah and and it's you know it's interesting you say that Kyle because when when you talk to some NBA people there there still seems to be this misconception about book and I think it just you know stems from his early you know his early years in a son's uniform where he was not not surrounded by much talent and he in fact was the most talented guy on the floor Defensively, he has taken huge strides really over the last three years. It goes back to their run to the NBA Finals and Monty Williams was the coach. And, you know, Monty basically told Devin, you've got everything you need offensively. Uh, but if you want to be among the elite, you've got to. He's never going to be an elite shutdown defender. Right. But he has improved his defensive game and defensive understanding of the game so much. And, you know, it, it's uh, it's nice that you say that because because of his offensive prowess, people do overlook his defense from time to time. But uh, I, I've we've enjoyed watching him grow as much defensively as what we've seen and flourish with offensively. That's Kevin Ray. He's a TV voice of the Suns. 
Uh, Kevin, you mentioned uh, Domas a bit ago and how much you admire watching him and remember his dad. What do you think we can anticipate tonight in the matchup between uh, Sabonis and uh, uh, Yusuf Nurkic? Yeah, well, it's you know it's it's, it's an intriguing matchup because clearly, uh, you know, Sabonis has got the you know the ability to expand the floor, his three point shooting, but it's his passing that you know that can really get you in trouble. His passing. And of course, his desire to you know to try to pull his way inside, and you know a couple of those games, Nurk has gotten himself into foul trouble, and then that puts the onus on you know the coaching decision of Frank Vogel. How do you want to match up? So I know everybody gets you know kind of uh, caught up with the eye candy of Aaron Fox and uh, taking nothing away from what he brings, but to me, Sabonis is the eye of the storm there. If you can find a way to shut the passing lanes, uh, create turnovers, and make life miserable for him, you're limiting opportunities for all those other guys. Kevin, uh, tell me about Kevin Durant, if you will, because, you know, I look at him, obviously one of the game's greatest scorers. How has he impacted Sun's culture, if you will? What's he like behind the scenes, and how has he impacted this team away from the court? Well, the great thing about Kev is, you know, just his <laughs> – complete unselfishness um and you know it, it really is not hyperbole when people say the guy is a hoops junkie he just wants to hoop he loves to talk about hoop he loves to go see hoop like we have been on the road in more than one city and kevin is going out to watch some young talent that you know, somehow he has found out about. He'll walk into a high school gym to go watch, you know, a high school game. So that, that tells you everything you need to know about this guy. He eats, sleeps, breathes basketball. But, you know, just, just a great guy to be around, a wonderful teammate. He empowers uh, all the guys around him. And I think that's the biggest thing, you know, that can often get lost, especially when you're talking about the guys you mentioned, one of the, one of the most lethal scorers that, you know, the game has ever seen and be a first ballot Hall of Famer. But he really does try to empower his teammates as much, if not more, in those situations just because he knows that he'll find a way to get his. He just wants to make sure that the other guys feel empowered as well. He's done a marvelous job of that. Kevin, when I brought you on, when we brought you on, I mentioned that last time the two teams played there, I'm just wondering if you could do us a small favor. Please tell Grayson Allen not to make nine threes tonight. Is there anything you can do to? I mean, that was unbelievable. Um, I know that had to be one of the one of the bright spots of the whole year for the Suns that game, right? Yeah. Well, look, in a lot of ways, guys, and we even said it afterwards, because as you know, going into that game, the, the Kings had won the the previous two, and essentially a win you know, that game, and they would be able to, you know, take the, the season series. So, by the Suns getting that win, they put themselves in a position to at least, you know, grab the season series, and which makes tonight's game mm-hmm. all the bigger. Uh, but it was. I, I, I felt, and, and so did Eddie, you know, in many ways it was kind of a turning point, uh, you know, as the team was getting healthy. Uh, but they, they needed a fourth-quarter win because, as you know, Fourth quarters have been a struggle much of the season. So in a lot of ways, that created a tipping point for them, and they've been playing some pretty pretty darn good ball since then. Kevin, my final question here, man. I know you guys are on the call tonight, even though 
there's a TNT game. I'm off tonight. What should I do for the two and a half hours uh, that that the game is going on? Any massage places you know about, local uh, watering holes? What what should I do on my night off tonight? Well, you 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 got to find your way over to one of the uh, one of the beautiful. You know, if you're going to be at the game, there's some some great clubs and a couple of nice, really corner bars that serve some uh, very fine beverages. I'm sure you could find one of your choice. Great food in the arena. Okay. And there's a there's more than a couple of watering holes uh, right across the street too. A little a little arrogant butcher maybe before the game. So. All right. Uh, sorry, you got to work tonight, man. I, I'm off tonight. Yeah. Just, uh, yeah. You know, you're, gonna, so. you're gonna you're gonna walk you're gonna walk by me and flaunt it. I know you are. Great. <laughs> uh, thank you, Kevin. Have a great call tonight. Enjoy the game. We appreciate your time, and we'll talk to you soon. You got it. Thanks, guys. Take care. <laughs> Did you ask him something about massage places? No, I'm just saying your boy been working hard, man. I'm stiff. I'm sore. You know, I uh-huh. I, I need the hands. You know, I need yeah. it. I need it. Okay. All right. I, I'm yeah. talking legit massage. I, of course. Of course. Of course. Don't be better than that. Well, that's, yeah, I, I do. <laughs> You're right. Oh, uh, we'll come right back. What are right we back. doing here, man? What are, we need a commercial. <laughs> Save me from myself right now. <laughs> uh, are the Kings better than they were last year? We're back with that, oh, hopefully. Uh, drive guy. What do you think, Cal Draper? I'm being accused here by Compio of jinxing the Kings. Why do you just jinx the Kings? Grayson Allen will have 10 threes tonight. Come on. Uh, come on, well, Compio. Yeah. We are men of science, are we not? Guy, men, of, yeah. men of reason. Right. Yeah, come on. This is the reverse jinx. We talk about them, put them on the radar, on the scouting report, so they could come out and shut them down tonight. How about that? Yeah, yeah. You know, that's well, how I like to look at it. What do you remember, and I hate to drag us back through that because, you know, a lot of fans around here have been through enough yeah. as it is the last few days. What do you remember the most about that that last time they, the Kings were there? Uh, that 32-8 run uh, yeah. in the fourth quarter. And, you know, I, I just remember turnover after turnover after turnover. I mean, I got the box score. I just want to see the exact numbers uh, from that quarter. They had eight turnovers in that quarter. Think about that. Eight turnovers in one quarter. That's one of those games where, yeah, the offense just stopped. Yeah, the offense stopped. They were up 109.87. Let me pull it up exactly when it was that point. And so the Kings offense, it was humming. It was flowing. Um, They were up 109-87. to with 8.22 left to play, Whitey. Yeah. They yeah. scored eight points over the final eight minutes. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah, that was one of those games where just watching and it's like, well, that can't be, you know, watching yeah. it unfold. They, they, they caught them? How did, they're ahead? How did that yeah. happen? So, yeah. yeah. It, it, it was, and you know what I, I saw too offensively? I remember that game very well. And this is, uh, you know, something you mentioned a little bit earlier. The offense bogged down in a way that, I usually don't see from Sacramento. And right. I say that because I saw a lot of one-on-one basketball. Yeah. A lot of guys trying to do it by themselves. De'Aaron Fox, you know, getting a shot blocked by uh, Kevin Durant. Oh, that, yes. Remember that over there? Uh. You know, it, it just it, – the, the sense of urgency. Malik Monk trying to go one-on-three. And so, you know, it, it was a different sort of bogging down of the offense. Mm-hmm. It wasn't Sabonis looking for guys to cut. It was guys – getting sort of out of character and trying to, you know, take it over by themselves, hero ball, if you will. That's what I remember about that game. Yeah, I thought both those guys, in a way, I don't think it's so much, you know, they're trying to score points, but I just think Malik and De'Aaron 
kind of lost faith in everybody else on the team. It's like, we're going to have to do it because no, no one else can do it. And then that backfired. And maybe that was a, you know, maybe that was an important moment for the Kings as well. And Kevin races says, are those turning point for the Suns? They're great. Good for you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Since that game. Yeah. 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 Um, are the Kings in your opinion, better than they were last year? And we can cite numbers. I'm not really so interested in the numbers. Obviously, you can answer any way you want. But are the Kings right now, are they better than they were last year? Mm. I'm going to say no. I agree with you. Uh, you know, uh, and, and I think the record is a game ahead of what they were a season ago. Um, but they just don't look like a complete team. And it, it, let me say this. They weren't necessarily a complete team. Last year, we understood their defensive liabilities, issues, but they were such an elite offense. Like, they seemed in sync more times than not. This year, it just doesn't feel the same way. I, I don't know, man. I, I just, you know, it, 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 it something's off with this team. When they're at their best, yes, they can be good or even better than what last year is. I think it's just too many inconsistencies. I go back to the question you asked early on to start the show who are these sacramento kings i felt like last year we had a, a better idea of who they were their identity this year i don't know what i'm gonna see tonight from this king's team yeah they definitely well i shouldn't say definitely but it appears they kind of snuck up on a lot of people last year yeah. but you're right and we all know it we all saw it last year the kings did a much better job of more consistently imposing their will on right. the other team and normally they did do that through their offense their defense was not as good as it is right now, statistically anyway. But this year, you know, they go through long stretches where they just struggle so mightily at both ends. I do think with the progress they've made defensively, there's still the opportunity for them to find their stride. And, you know, Fox being hurt right now, I think that's huge. And there's just yeah. nothing they can do about it. You know, we don't even know for sure, but it's pretty apparent that's what's going on. That is a really big handicap for this team right now. Yeah, and when you look at it, and last year, Fox was playing such yeah. at such an elite level, and the numbers indicate that he's not the same player this year. Sure, his points per game are up, even though they've come down over the last month or two at 26.4, but Whitey, he's only shooting 46% from the field. That would be the lowest since his second mm. year in the league, mm -hmm. and so... The shoulder, whatever it may be, clearly something is bothering him. And, mind you, close games last year, we knew De'Aaron Fox would come through. Yeah. You know, a lot of times, a lot of these losses, you don't even get clutch opportunities because we've been blown out. You know, we've been boat raced out, out of the building. And so I, I think, you know, we talked earlier about the defensive numbers and their 19th in defensive rating. But I looked at it, Whitey, about a week ago, and I said this on air. We Our ranking may be better, but the number is still the same. So our defense is just as bad as it was last season, despite the ranking being what it is. And the offense is worse this year. Mm -hmm. And so when you ask me, is this a better team? This Are they playing better this year? I'm going to say no. The numbers can back it up. Yeah, and, and Fox, again, is the key. And not to blame him. Yeah. For everything, but I and I do think it's he's hurt. You know, when you have an injury to your shoulder, which again I'm guessing, but it can affect. Not only is it painful, but it can it can affect the stability of the joint. Yeah. And just imagine trying to shoot a basketball when your shoulder's like kind of out of whack. I don't know, but last year, end of games, 
you know, he what he took over he games. Took over. And yeah. he's just not. I'm sure he would love to do that now. But he, remember, I've never seen a player in all my years watching basketball who could get in the fourth quarter to the yeah. bottom of the circle at will. At like will. Uh, he need the Kings need a basket. You know who's getting the ball, and you know where he's going, and they're not going to stop him. And if they give him room, he could shoot the ball. And if they were on him, he'd go right by him. And he just hasn't been able to do that this year. Yeah, and, and I want to address something in the YouTube chat, Sacktown Sports. Check us out on YouTube uh, all throughout the day, 6 to 6. Harold says, are you guys painting a narrative for Fox being hurt when that hasn't been reported at all? What do you think about that, Whitey? I'll let you answer that. I'm speculating. Uh, it has, it the has been. eye test. Yeah. We see him grabbing his shoulder every right. single game, Whitey. Right. It's, it's pretty apparent to me, Harold, and I'd, we're not <laughs> – I wouldn't try to make excuses. Um, but oh, that's, Harold is going off the rails, Whitey. Are you seeing what this guy's saying on the YouTube chat? You guys have access to the medical department? What does his injury have to do with his attitude? Harold's being a hater right now. It's clear as day De'Aaron Fox is not the same player that he was the first two months of the season. When I see a guy hold his shoulder every single game, Every time he gets hit there, it, it looks like it becomes an issue. I don't need his medical records. I got my eyes, Harold. Right, right. That's terrible. Well, Harold's, I, that, Harold's going at De'Aaron. I don't like that. Here's the thing, Harold. When you look at the, okay, something's wrong. What is it? Well, is he hurt uh, because we know he, that he banged his shoulder? Or is it does he have some kind of attitude issue, as you suggest? I, I don't see what evidence there is of right, that. Right. Re- really. Uh, I know that earlier this year he turned down an extension well, that was because he knew he could make more money. They knew he would turn that right, down. Right. Is it because he didn't make the all-star team? I don't think De'Aaron's a type to, like, pout that he didn't make the all-star team. I think he'd be more likely to play harder. So, yeah, we don't – it's not – I don't have any uh, MRIs to show you, but to me it's pretty clear that that's, that's the problem. Yeah, exactly. And, and when you look at – and Harold's talking about attitude. I'm looking at De'Aaron Fox last – 10 games, let's say, 17 shots, 15, 14, 20 shots, 24 shots, 21 shots, 16, 14, 24 shots. So he's still being aggressive to an extent. It's not He's not being as efficient, and I don't see the attitude problem. He just doesn't look the same. And like Whitey said, I think it's because he's he's got some nagging injuries, and that's why I said this all-star break can't come soon enough. That's why I said if I were the Kings, Back in January and early February, I'd give him a game or two uh, off so he can uh, get 100%. But De'Aaron Fox is the kind of guy, once he's on the floor, you're not going to hear him talking about it or, yeah, I'm banged up or anything like that. It's clear as day he's dealing with something. Yeah, and if there is an attitude issue with him, in my opinion, it's uh, it's that it's it's a heavy load to know that i got to go out there and play. My team needs me, and I, I'm yeah. not close to 100%. By the way, I love the game that he had against Denver Friday – because he was a little more efficient. He didn't yeah. shoot the ball as much, and he had we have eight assists. He had or more than that, I think. He always lights up Denver with assists. But it looked like he made some adjustments to yeah. what we think are uh, some uh, some physical issues he's having right now. That was very smart. Yeah, I thought, and I said this uh, on the post game show. I thought De'Aaron Fox um, had a masterful game. I thought yeah. that was uh, a. A, a complete game. He didn't have to go out there and score 40. He dished out 10 assists. He played great defense. 
And so, and he only scored 15 points, but he had a major impact on the game. He was a plus 26 in that game. And so, uh, I, I, I don't, I'm not going to start on this, oh, he's unhappy or he has an attitude. Where are you getting that information, Harold? Where, what makes you think that? I'm traveling with these guys every day, and I haven't heard a peep out of anybody regarding De'Aaron Fox and this uh, attitude narrative. When we come right back, one of the two teams playing in Phoenix tonight is adding another player, and it's not the Kings. Next year with the Drive Guys on Sacktown Sports.